This is Green Seas, the podcast by Tradewinds about the environment and the business of the ocean. I'm Eric Priante Martin, and today we'll ask, when will ammonia be ready as a zero carbon fuel for shipping? We wanted to tell you about our upcoming Green Seas Fuels Forum. We'll be taking to the stage in New York on March 9th to discuss alternative fuels with a special focus on the shipping industry leaders who are investing in low-carbon fuel technology today. Visit tradewinds.events to sign up. Naval architect Robert Tustin typically gets to spend no more than two years on a project. Tustin works for Lloyd's Register, a leading classification society, where he splits his time between major shipbuilding hubs in China and South Korea, working as a project manager for the early stages of the process to build new ships. But in 2018, Lloyd's Register Chief Executive Nick Brown assigned Tustin a project that he's still working on today, more than four years later. He has been working with a coalition of companies, including Malaysian shipowner MIS Seber Had and shipbuilder Samsung Heavy Industries, to develop what could be the world's first tankers, powered by ammonia. When we start down the path of this project, we were going for a fuel that didn't exist, with an engine that didn't exist. But what's what's important about this project is it show is quite bold in terms of its engineering. It's almost like a, a grand challenge to start with nothing and then implement a, a zero carbon fuel in reality, which we don't don't normally do. The project, known as the Castor Initiative, is among a handful that are at the leading edge of efforts to tackle shipping's greenhouse gas emissions by building ships powered by zero carbon ammonia. For this podcast episode, I spoke to several technical experts who are working on developing ammonia technology for shipping, and they all point to a date in late 2025 or early 2026 when the first ships powered by this new fuel are likely to hit the water. That's only about three years away. But as we'll hear later in this episode, even then, there will still be much more work ahead before ammonia truly takes hold. The pages of Tradewinds have been peppered in recent weeks with developments in the race for ammonia-fueled shipping. My colleague Bob Rust, our men in Oslo, reported on how car carrier operator Hogue Autoliners is looking to build four large dual-fuel vessels for delivery in 2026 that will be able to run on ammonia and conventional diesel fuels. That is made possible by expectations that MAN Energy Solutions can deliver ammonia-fueled engines that it's developing as early as next year. Also, the CMB Tech division of Compagnie Maritime Belge has signed up with another engine maker, WinGD, to add ammonia fueling to large bulk carriers ordered in China. And the big three Japanese ship owners are all pursuing large ammonia-powered vessels. Ammonia's appeal is in its chemical formula. It has no carbon, and it takes up less space than hydrogen, whose low energy density is a major challenge. Most ammonia today is made through processes that have high greenhouse gas emissions, but in the future, the hope is that making the fuel from hydrogen produced with renewable electricity in a zero-carbon way, that's green ammonia, or with carbon capture, known as blue ammonia, will become more cost-effective. In fact, while green hydrogen is the holy grail of zero-carbon shipping, it turns out ammonia is a great way to carry it. The basic component of liquid fuels for decarbonization is hydrogen, and the most efficient way to carry hydrogen is in ammonia. Actually, and even the, even the hydrogen strategies of countries talk about it. So, if you look at the Australian state uh, hydrogen strategy, they talk about export of hydrogen to Japan uh, as ammonia. 
There are several factors that are setting the timetable for ammonia-fueled shipping. One is regulation. There are no global rules for using ammonia, and in fact, international maritime organization regulations currently discourage it. An IMO committee is working to address that. Another key factor is development of engines by major providers like MAN, WinGD, and Wurzilla. And key to that is addressing safety concerns, since the fuel is toxic to human health. While carrying ammonia by ship happens every day, there are still challenges to overcome when it comes to using it in an engine. But the experts I talk to believe those challenges will be overcome, and some believe the safety worries have become too emotional. MAN is developing engines that underpin several planned projects, including the Castor Initiative. In a research center in Copenhagen, the company has repurposed an existing engine to run on ammonia, and in the months ahead it plans to fire it up and launch a detailed testing program. MAN's head of research and development for two-stroke engines is Brian Ostergaard Sorensen. That is sort of the English version of my name. He told me that the company believes it will be able to deliver to a shipyard a dual-fueled engine that can run on ammonia in late 2024 or early 2025, and he said shipping companies are looking to ammonia-ready designs to be prepared for the new fuel. And those safety challenges? Those are being addressed. We actually strongly believe that we are able to, uh, to build a safe system, te technical system. It will be based on, on, on the experience we have from, from the current uh, dual fuel technologies. So, so there we are actually quite confident. And the project we have set up is not a success unless we have a robust system that is also safe to operate. He said the regulatory framework for ammonia safety is also headed in the right direction. We are seeing the right actions being taken the only thing, of course, that could be a challenge will depend on the speed of uptake of the technology. You know, how fast will the transition go? If, uh, if it will be more prolonged, you have more time, sort of. Uh, but if, it, if it's shorter, you know, the task will, 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 will be bigger here in the short term. But even if several ships are on the water that can run on ammonia in the next few years, that's just another milestone in a longer journey. It could be 2030 before international rules for ammonia fueling are in place, meaning projects until then will face a more complex approval process. And another challenge is training up seafarers to work with ammonia on their vessels. Christos Krasakis is a business development manager at DNV's Maritime Division, another leading classification society working to ensure the safety of ammonia-fueled shipping. He said engine makers are now working on what is their first iterations of ammonia engines, and each will be appropriate for specific vessel sizes. We'll have one or two engines developed first, uh, and we'll take some time to make sure they're working well before engine makers will invest in developing more sizes. So if you need an engine of a size that isn't in the first wave of engine designs, you might have to wait longer to build your ship. But shipping will also need to access ammonia that is truly carbon-free, all the way up to the production supply chain. Right now, most ammonia is essentially a fossil fuel. There are a number of projects and proposals to ramp up supply of green ammonia and blue ammonia. But we are not going to have big volumes before, again, sometime in the early 2030s. So that means that, uh, and the same is true for other green fuel like methanol, uh, that means that if you want to get access to green ammonia, you will need to make an agreement with a producer, at least in, in the early years of this. Uh, because that's not going to be readily available in the market. Here's more news on the environment and the business of the ocean. 
A Green Seas newsletter talked to executives at the shipping division of agricultural giant Cargill about the role biofuels play in its decarbonization efforts. President Jan Dieleman described biofuels as one of the key pillars of its greenhouse gas strategy. There's not that many things you can actually do. You can do energy saving devices and you can do some supply chain optimization. But biofuels is actually an obvious one that, you, that is available today and actually can get substantial reductions. Sign up for the newsletter at tinyurl.com slash greenseas. Terry McAllister wrote in Tradewind's Wavelength column that the dark fleet that is serving sanctioned trades in the wake of Russia's invasion of Ukraine is an accident waiting to happen. The danger is that the lack of knowledge of the tanker's owners, vessel standards, and insurance quality raises concerns about potential oil spills. Read about it at tradewindsnews.com. And our colleagues at Recharge reported that the company that owns IKEA, famous for its furniture and meatballs, has received approval for an offshore wind farm. Inca Group is developing the 1.6 gigawatt project off Sweden with OX2. Read about it at rechargenews.com. Music for this podcast is by Alex Grohl from Pixabay.